Hey there, and welcome to Bustin' Out of Breast Cancer, the show that has us straight talking about surviving and thriving breast cancer with health and fitness using the SMILE method. I am Shannon Burroughs, your host for the show and breast cancer recovery coach. I'm also a breast cancer survivor and fitness professional who specializes in cancer exercise. I became the person I couldn't find while navigating my own diagnosis. I like to say I found my purpose at the intersection of passion, pain, and proficiency. I now help other women through their breast cancer recovery to become the best version of themselves through support, exercise, and healthy living with my online coaching and courses. On the show, we share survivor stories. We talk with other medical and fitness professionals to help them navigate their own cancer journey. Welcome back to the show, Busting Out of Breast Cancer. On today's episode, we have the beautiful, I know you can't see her, but she is an amazing Farahana Kassam. She is a mindfulness meditation coach and a published author which is pretty exciting. I cannot wait for you to hear her story, her journey. It is amazing and so inspiring. And I cannot wait for you to just be inspired by her. And we have a little bonus for you, not in this episode, but I will be having an extra bonus episode. So stay tuned and I will let you know when that is going to air. This month happens to be what is it? National Meditation Month. I couldn't remember if it was mindfulness or meditation, but it's it's national meditation month. And I thought, what a better person to interview than Farhana. So take it away, my friend. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I, I greatly appreciate you, your story, your journey. You're so inspiring. You're so amazing. And I love that we've connected and I can't wait for you to share your inspiring story with our guest. So welcome. Yes. Thank you so much, Shannon, for having me here today. Um, yeah, you're right. This just you know, the universe has a way of just aligning things at the right time. And so, yes, being meditation month, why not talk about meditation, right? Um, yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I've been this on this journey and I continue to grow in this journey, but it's been about six years for me. And, uh, you know, the more I bring meditation into the lives of people, the more I realize how important it is and, and what a huge impact it can make to people's lives. And, and all they need to be is just open and curious enough to just want to begin. So I'm hoping that the listeners that we have today, uh, we can at least ignite some curiosity in them and bring out some sense of openness and willingness to just begin this journey. Because once you begin, I don't think anybody would ever look back and just say, no, it's not for me. So let's get right into it. Yeah. Well, when, let's talk about, um, well, first of all, I agree wholeheartedly with what you just said. And, and thank you for putting that out there because mindfulness is such an incredible thing. And I, and I really feel like, and we've talked about this where, you know, mindset is like the number one thing. I feel like when you're going through your journey and not only just going through a cancer journey or, or trauma, just mindset in general is like first and foremost, like foundation for everything in life. Like, I know I, I cover that in my, my first pillar of, you know, coaching people. It's like, let's focus on the mindset because it affects everything, your decision-making, you know, the way you act, the way you react, the way you treat people, things like that. So it is so important. And I love that you found your voice and your, your space with that. So let's start with, if you don't mind, um, let's start with where your journey began with um, really getting into the mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. Um, great question. I, like I said, I began about six years ago and at that time I was going to through a pretty turbulent time in my life myself. I had just decided that my marriage was no longer um, serving me um, in terms of I wasn't happy and it was time to kind of make some very, very difficult decisions. So I was actually going through divorce, like I was in the thick of it, um, having just filed and 
you know, dealing with attorneys and, and all of that. So I was in the thick of things and my mind was all over the place. And so, you know, one thing I have people tell me is right now is not a good time for me. I've got a lot of stuff going on in my life. And, and I want to always share my story that that's exactly when and um, how I began when my mind was all over the place. It was the time that I would have otherwise thought was the most inopportune time to start. But if you are in the thick of things and life is chaotic and it's full of uncertainty and you're feeling afraid and you're feeling nervous and you're depressed, all of those for me are indications that this would make a great client. Um, so instead of kind of taking that on as this is not a good time, let that be your clue if you're listening, that this is exactly the right time to begin, right? And so I was going through that and somebody kind of offhand mentioned to me, hey, you should really start meditation. And my immediate reaction to that statement was, do you know what I'm going through in my life? Which, like I said, a lot of people tell me. And um, so I began the exploration. And to be honest, there's just so much information out there in terms of what meditation is and the different types that it can definitely get overwhelming. And so what I did was I just kind of delved into getting curious about the different kinds, um, you know, and um, it, it, it's almost like a buffet of, of like a lunch buffet with a wide variety of options. And all you can do is go and try um, and experience and allow yourself to be open and curious about what's what sits right for you. Um, so, I took a great liking for um, guided meditations and I call guided meditations meditation for dummies. And, and the reason why I call that uh, meditation for dummies is because you're basically gonna hear a voice really guide you through the process of what to do on a moment to moment basis, right? So, you know, hearing a voice kind of guide me through it, tell me to focus on my breath, tell me to do what kind of visualization, returning back to the breath, all of that for me was um, very, very helpful. And so I embarked on this journey of guided meditation and then I stumbled across the whole um, enhancement of meditation, so to speak, where you can bring sound into it. And so I dealt further into it by allowing myself to go and attend workshops and classes and stuff like that here in the Dallas area where we were meditating, but somebody would be in the background playing, you know, maybe the gong or Tibetan bowls or stuff like that. And so that's how I got acquainted, uh, acquainted with sound healing. But long story short, um, that's how the journey began. And I haven't looked back since. I, I want to piggyback on talking about your feelings. I, I made some notes here. I always like to make notes so I can always reference back because there's so many little nuggets that are dropped that I always want to refer back to. And you talked about those feelings as signs. And I think that if we can recognize and feel that sign, you know, our body gives us signs, our body, you know, if we can be really in tune with our body and I, and I can't stress this enough is like really being in tune with your body. Like for me, I knew like the anxiety and high blood pressure feeling, like I was in tune with my body. I knew something was wrong. Don't, don't fix it with medication. Let's find the problem. And so for you saying that those feelings were signs, they 100%, because I know you haven't gotten to your, your diagnosis yet, but the fact that you knew that you had that much traffic going on for lack of a better analogy in your head, but still being able to make that, that, that tough decision to end your marriage, because I mean, let's face it, 
if you're going through cancer or any other, you know, traumatic thing in your life, the last thing you're like, okay, I'll just put that off. I'll just put that off. But instead for you, you're like, nope, I'm ripping the bandaid off. And that is, if I say admirable, like admirable, like, I feel like that's not nice, but at the same time, I feel like I'm saying that because I'm proud of you for knowing you and trusting you and, and knowing what you needed to do to heal yourself. And I think that is such an important, um, an important point for anyone listening, anybody in general to recognize that, that you have got to put yourself first and it's not being selfish. It's being healthy because if you cannot have a clear head, a clear focus, how on earth are you going to make rational decisions on everything else in your life? So I would love for you to, to dig deeper into that a little bit further. Um, but you talked about, um, there being a lunch buffet of options for meditation. Like, I'll be honest with you. I am so high, strung in type a that like the thought of meditation, I'm like, there's no way, but getting diagnosed with breast cancer, my thoughts have changed a lot where I was like, okay, I need to slow my roll. This is, this is my body's way. Again, going back to the signs of saying you need to make changes in your life. You need to slow down. You need to stop being so stressed because I've talked about in a previous uh, podcast episode. And you and I have had this discussion offline of how stress is, you know, the number one cause for cancer, right? How it just kills our body. And so if you can slow down and really think about all of the factors, all of the cars coming into this intersection, if you was like a roundabout, right? Where do you get off? Where do you get off? You know, um, I think it's so important for people to really recognize and, and relate to that, that sit back, analyze and kind of think, okay, what are all of the things that are happening in my life? that are causing me to feel anxious or, you know, un, uncertain and figure out, okay, what can I do to fix these? Can I remove them? Can I, can I change them? Can I fix them? Can they be worked on whatever? And if you know, like you knew head on, you're like, Nope, I need to, this marriage is not serving me anymore. And that's, that's huge because, you know, knowing that what you were getting, what you were getting yourself into, um, is, you know, some people could have just turned around and been like, no, this is a safety net and, and dealt with it a little bit later. So, um, I would love for you to carry on and, and, and talk about the rest of your journey. Um, one thing before you do that though, is you talked about doing the guided meditations, meditations for dummies. I think that first of all, that's exactly where I would start, but because realistically, when you have so many things going on, how the hell are you going to come up with like, how to even like learn how to meditate? <laughs> right. So like, sometimes you just have to put your hands up and be like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. You know, I'll do the work. Just tell me what to do. You know, it's like learning anything new. Anyway. Um, I, I, I can't wait for everyone to hear the rest of your story. So congratulations on taking care of you and knowing what you needed and how to serve yourself the best. Thank you. <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, you know, I think that first question is, how do I do this? Um, and also talked about, like, just realizing that I come to a point in my life where the situation I was in <clears throat> was not serving, not, not only my highest good, but not my ex-husband's highest good either, you know, and um, just being present with that and being really honest with that, um, which leads me to the reason why meditation brought so much fulfillment and continues to, to do. Um, and I talked about the guided meditation, but specifically more deeply, um, the type of meditation that I advocate very heavily for is mindfulness. Um, and we've continued to hear that word now over the years, you know, mindfulness, mindfulness, everybody's talking about mindfulness. You go to the grocery store, you're in a shopping 
um, line or whatever in the magazine that's right there is going to be about mindfulness. And so really, what is that? You know, <clears throat> and so um, just very quickly and simply, mindfulness is the awareness of the present moment. And so what that indicates then is if we bring awareness to the present moment, we're allowed, we allow ourselves to really observe, you know, what's going on right now. And so, you know, in reference, for example, and putting it into context of the marriage, it's just like just being aware that this is not working. And what happens in my physical body, for instance, when something isn't working for me or, um, you know, I'm faced with a situation that's not for my highest good. I mean, like you said, Shannon, you know, given the fact that we have come through the journey of breast cancer is just the awareness um, the intentional awareness and just knowing that something is not right, whether that's um, in our physical bodies as a result of an illness that we haven't quite discovered yet, or whether it's a situation that for some reason, every time we face this person, we feel angst or uncomfortable or just this energy or this vibe and we feel it in our bodies. You know, maybe we're, we start to get like a heavy heartbeat or we start to get sweaty palms, or our breath fluctuates from being in a calm state, and then all of a sudden we feel like we're like breathing heavily and very fast, you know? And so what are the indications from within the body that we're getting because that is the best communicator that there is? And oftentimes, I think when things like that happen and we feel uncomfortable with a situation, rather than allowing ourselves to just be aware and present with it, we tend to tuck it in somewhere because it's, it can get very messy. You know, um, dealing with challenging emotions is very messy. And a lot of the times, because of the high level of discomfort we experience, we'd rather just tuck it away than look at it. And so, you know, and I think we tuck it away because there's a layer of judgment in it. Like maybe I shouldn't be feeling this way or um, it's wrong of me to feel this way or we feel shame or guilt for feeling this way. Um, but whatever it is, there's some level of avoidance that we just want to tuck it away and we don't want to deal with it. And I'll tell you, I think that for me personally, especially in my youngest years, I was certainly a culprit for doing that. Anything that made me uncomfortable, anything that where I wanted to speak my truth, um, I would go back and be like, well, how's that gonna make the other person feel? And um, is that something that they really wanna hear from me or maybe they're not expecting from here? Or, you know, just the conditioning of what we can and cannot say what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And I think in that, all of us here, you and I and the listeners, at some point or the other, I think we can relate to the fact that we did some tucking away. Um, and so, you know, I think I got to a point when I made the decision that the marriage was no longer um, what I needed to be in anymore. That was, let's untuck the stuff you've known for a while now. Let's untuck that and let's kind of just bring that in. And at that point, you know, there wasn't a conscious awareness that this is what mindfulness is, but, you know, through the decision-making process of just enough is enough, I think at that point, really, I was in such a bad place in my life that it really became um, choosing between life and ending of life is where I was. Um, and so I think I made somewhat of a conscious decision that I was going to give life one more chance. And that's where the journey began. And that's where meditation was introduced. And then the discovery of mindfulness and just 
holding space for what is without judgment. And so again, coming back to a simple definition, if you go to any coach or teacher or you're discovering mindfulness for yourself, you know, it's the awareness of the present moment without judgment. And so the journey began and continues to unfold. Okay. <laughs> Isn't the journey fun? It um, is fun. It, it is fun. Um, and there's so much growth to be experienced. And I think whatever expectation we have of other people to hold space for us, to be kind to us while we're being messy, to be compassionate towards us while we're being messy, to not hold judgment against us while we're being messy, all of that ownership now comes on our plate because how does one expect somebody else to do it for us when we can't do it for ourselves? Oh so. God. So, so, so <laughs> true. Um, it's ironic that we're going this deep into it. Last week's podcast, um, was actually about emotions and feelings. And I know that I had spoken with you, um, personally, but then also, you know, in our clubhouse room and, you know, we talked about emotions and it was okay to feel emotions. And the advice that I got was it's okay to feel your feelings. Yeah. And and I get that ties in with the mindfulness as well. Right. So the fact that you were able to recognize and what you said of life beginning and ending, like, but you decided you wanted to live again, like that, that almost brought tears to my eyes. Like I thought, Oh my God, like, was she at a point of wanting to take her life or like, you know, things can get that hard and that deep. And at this point, I mean, it, it sounds like your husband was in the same boat that, you know, this, the marriage just wasn't serving each other. But at this point you haven't been diagnosed with cancer, right? Nope. Exactly. So I want to make sure that we get into that and, and recognize the importance of being true to yourself, being true to your feelings, because we're in a world that everyone and everything is so judged. And frankly, it pisses me off because we're all human. Like, why can't we just be? And listen, we're all guilty of it. Like no one's perfect. We all know that. Um, I'm dealing with the situation with my daughter actually right now with kids and, you know, teenage years and, and kids are mean and it, and it really sucks, frankly. But, um, you know, you talk about, yeah, like why can't people just be, and why can't we just let them be like, who are you or me or whoever, who are you to judge that person for feeling that way or doing that thing? Like you have no idea what is going on in that person's life. Right. Yeah. And, but yet I feel like there's another side to it where we're in a society now where like everything is like, oh, you have to watch your P's and Q's and you have to watch how you say that, which then you're not actually being authentic. You're not being you. So like, if I'm just like, I'm a very, like, sometimes no filter kind of girl. And yeah. I absolutely mean no harm or follow, never mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but I, I've become aware of how that person is. Right. So I, I kind of sense of like, okay, they seem a little bit sensitive. Like maybe I should dial it back a bit. Right. Like maybe put on a little bit of a filter, um, yeah. just use better words. Like I'm definitely more of a mic drop kind of girl, but I recognize because it's been brought to my attention, like you need to be a little bit more careful with your words and which we try to teach, you know, our, our child is our daughter as well. And, and it is the society has just gotten so crazy with being able to like, watch this. Don't say that. Oh, you're going to hurt so-and-so's feelings. You're going to hurt so-and-so's. Okay. Well, so I'm supposed to change me because someone else hasn't been given the tools, tips, and resources to be able how to deal with other people in life. Like, come on, we're not living under rocks here. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's like, God, there's like that fine line of like, where do you, can you cross the line or, you know, can you dial it back or reel it in and be like, okay, I think my stomach is growling. Um, you know, 
how, what are we teaching our kids? And, and you have a, um, a young son as well. So it's very important. And I know that you're teaching them that, but I would love for you to be able to share that a little bit later down into um, the interview. But I, I really want you to get into, I know you've expressed your divorce, but I really want you to get into how this has led up to your journey and the stress and all of a sudden your cancer diagnosis, because the irony of it is who you took care of. Right. Right. Um, so during my marriage, um, my father-in-law was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Um, he had never been a smoker. And so that diagnosis was a shocker. He, at the initial time that he was diagnosed, was given six months to live. He pulled through uh, a little over two years. And so he passed away back in 2015. And during that time, then, of course, I got to experience what it was like to be a caregiver. And um, there's a lot of obviously stress in that. And, you know, uh, the family members went through caregiver burnout and all of that. And, you know, the stress that all caregivers go through and can relate to. Um, but there was one aspect of it that I came to realize after is that is the guilt part um, where, um, you know, fatigue and complaining and burnout for me, I thought was not an option because I'm like, I'm not the one dying, you know, he is. Um, but, you know, after he passed away, um, I came to realize that, you know, caregivers really need that time and that respite. And so I happened to start working with a gentleman who's a sound healer and um, he's kind of, you know, still my mentor, but he introduced me to the, you know, the cancer community here. Um, I live in Dallas, but in Fort Worth, I started to work as an independent contractor, bringing mindfulness meditation and sound healing to a group of uh, cancer patients and their caregivers. And so I was able to connect more so with the caregivers than the actual cancer patients. You know, I thought that well, I was in a place of service and it was very fulfilling that work. Um, kind of, you know, the pain to purpose kind of thing. Put the pain that I endured as a, as a caregiver and then turn that into a purpose and now, you know, giving it back. Um, but, but, it was, but it's interesting because this last weekend, I was um, at a, uh, with a group um, in Granbury, Texas, leading a mindfulness meditation sound healing session with cancer patients. And I choked up when I introduced myself because I was able to, um, you know, introduce myself as a person who had recently been diagnosed with breast cancer um, as a lot of last year, July. And so that's put me in a very different state of mind um, where I'm coming from a very different perspective um, and seeing cancer with a very interesting set of eyes. Uh, I think over the last six years, my experience um, and just flowing through various levels of grief triggered by various life events have put me in a place where, um, you know, I see this as such a gift. I see this as such an opportunity to continue to turn that pain that is, is, that is brought into our lives and, and flip that into purpose. And for me, that's the most fulfilling. You know, I don't think I would be, have been able to dialogue with cancer patients in a way that I can now. Um, and so it's beautiful because I'm dealing it with it and, and simultaneously I'm giving back to people. So it's, it's great. And meeting people like you, I have to say, Shannon, because you've been on the journey for such a long time. And I feel that the universe has brought, you know, the likes of you and so many of the other powerful women we've both come to know through Clubhouse. Um, 
where you all are kind of also guiding me. You're taking the pain that you all went through and bringing it into purpose for serving people like me who are brand new on this journey, right? And so it's just such a beautiful giving and receiving experience. And I, I just, I love every every moment of it. It is really cool. And I, and I agree, it is, it is a gift. Not everybody sees that, but it's right. Like we met at that same intersection, right? We found our purpose at the intersection of passion, pain, and proficiency. And um, it's, it's the fact it's, it's our choice, right? We, we yeah. took that as realizing this is our pain and how can we repurpose this and serve others with it? And that's what, you know, I'm trying to do. That's what you're trying to do. Um, together, we're trying to change the world. I'm doing it one smile at a time and you're part of that. And so I love that and appreciate that. Um, that had to be so incredibly, like, I, it's, there's so many different levels to that. It's like, holy cow, you ripped the bandaid off, right? You, you decide you're going to get a divorce. But meanwhile, you've just taken care of your father-in-law, his dad, going through stage four lung cancer. So here you are, you have the stress of being a caregiver. And as we know, like that has its own stresses, not to mention the stress of going through your own journey, right? You have the stress of going through a divorce and raising a child as a single mom. Right. And then boom, fast forward, you get your own cancer diagnosis. It's almost like you kind of have to sit back and depending on where you are mentally and your mindset and whatnot, you almost have to sit back and be like, really? This is, this is, this is, this is the avenue you're taking me down. Okay. Uh, Okay. I got this. Right. And, and then to top that off with being diagnosed with breast cancer during a freaking pandemic, what? Like, I can't even imagine what that must've felt like to be diagnosed. First of all, I was diagnosed in July as well. Like, I feel like July is July and December are like kind of creepy months. I don't know why, but I've met so many women diagnosed in July and August. I mean, I'm sorry, in December, but anyway, being diagnosed with breast cancer after a divorce, after taking care of your father-in-law through his cancer journey, and you're all alone in a pandemic. You, I mean, yeah. what was that like? So, and, I, and I'll and I'll add on because you know there's dollops of so much, so much. <laughs> I'm gonna call magic because that's mindset, right? Um, at the beginning of the year, actually. So when COVID started, so I was going through like tough, tough, tough time financially, and then I finally got myself a job. And I was working that job and the stability of all of that gave me a level of confidence that just made me feel so awesome. And then I got super sick right before COVID. It may very well have been COVID. It was some strain of the flu that that got me super sick. I've never been that dog sick ever. Um, And then um, as I I started to recover from that, um, I went back to work only to find out that the program that I was working with was getting suspended. And so I was losing my job. And then COVID hit like the worst, the worst part of COVID. And so, you know, employment was, was down the the black hole. And, um, you know, and then in July I was diagnosed with cancer. So I got dumped on, I got dumped on hard. And I think life event wise, I would say that I had found myself in 2020 after the diagnosis in a worse off situation than I was when I had claimed that, you know, when I said, okay, I want to get divorced, you know, because that was like one life event, you know, that I was dealing with and not to undermine it or not to like say it wasn't a big deal because it was, but, you know, still going through the recovery of that and and all of that then to get dumped on with like three or four more things was horrendous. But what I felt is that it had been, it became more manageable last year up leading to up to even today. Um, because 
I had already gathered the tools and had already started using the tools to help me cope with really difficult situations in my life. And that was mindfulness. And that really is the, the impact mindfulness and meditation has on mindset, because I think that's what it is, because you can get bombarded with all kinds of crap in your life. And if you have a powerful mindset, if you have a mindful uh, a set, I mean, a mindset of growth and triumph and resilience and winning, ultimately, you know, you're going to come out as a winner, despite what life throws at you, then you're in a completely different ballgame versus if your mindset is completely jacked up, you know, and, and you just don't know how to deal with it, then even even one storm can knock you versus like 20,000 storms and you're still standing and you're allowing yourself to feel through the motions of it. Like if I'm hit with 20,000 storms and I'm a tree, you know, I'm going to wave around a little bit. I might do an awkward dance through it. I'm not going to be standing still, but if my roots are intact, if my roots are strong, which is what I believe mindfulness has done, it's strengthened the roots, you know, so that my core becomes stronger. And then whatever wind or storm comes like, yes, I will dance. And, you know, a few, a few branches might get knocked off and stuff, but the core of who I am is still very much standing, you know, and alert. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not been easy at all. Um, but I, I addressed that cancer call with a peculiar excitement. I have to say that with a peculiar excitement because in that moment I was wowed and I use the analogy of, and, and I'll, I'll pull you into this and see kind of what your thoughts are and see if I can bring you through this analogy with me. So when the floor is dirty, um, we're going to grab a broom and we're going to do what? Sweep. Sweep. We're going to sweep, 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 sweep. And all the, the dirt and the dust and the yucky stuff that we collect, what are we going to do with it? Put it in a, um, a sweeper pan, a, a, a thing with you. Right. <laughs> right. But Words. <laughs> right. But we're going to collect it and we're going to put it in a nice neat pile first, right? You're not going to leave some of it here and some of it here. You got to collect it all. Right. You got to collect it all. And then you put it in a nice neat pile before you sweep it up into the dustpan, right? Where you just take the vacuum cleaner and go. Exactly. <laughs> suck it up. Exactly. Whatever. Mode. Suck Whatever. it up. That's suck right. That's where that came from. Like a vacuum. Yeah. Just suck right. it up. Just suck it up. Well, here's the thing. This is what I was telling the, the, the people at the retreat this past weekend is I was humbled by my body's ability to sweep up all the crap from all the years of gunk that was like everywhere because our body remembers it has a memory and I'm not talking about like a failed marriage and I'm not talking about losing a job and I'm not talking about a breakup with a boyfriend I'm talking about stuff from our childhood you know emotions that have remained unhealed crap that has trauma and all of that stuff from childhood is really over the last six years I realized just like this great big sweep first of awareness of all the stuff that I just collected. And then my body gracefully starts to do its thing because it knows what no longer serves it. And that's what we talked about, right? Is that, okay, this needs to come out. And so whether that's coming out in anxiety or depression or you know, heart beating fast or whatever, but your body knows. And so sweeps it all up and puts it into a nice neat pile, Shannon, in my right breast. Oh, I call it a nice neat pile of crap. 
Yeah. All it didn't cancer, you know, and it comes up as a lump and then we discover it and then, you know, suck it up. So whether that's a lumpectomy or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, but that then has to be removed, which is what happened for me. You know, I had that partial lumpectomy and the, the yucky stuff was removed. That's my story, Shannon, and I'm sticking to it. Well, you can't, you got to suck it up. Remember? <laughs> you can't stick to it. It's supposed to go away. That's right. And it's gone. I'm I, my stomach has been growling on here and I, I hope to God it does not come through my podcast. Cause I'm, I can't edit that out anyway. Um, I, Hopefully the listeners are having a good chuckle over here. Uh, I love your analogy. I like, I envision the whole thing, even like going back to the trees here we are, you know, I'm in Florida, so we have hurricanes here. So in my yeah. mind, I'm thinking, okay, I can see the tree moving. I know like I'm standing, like, and I use that in my coaching as well. Like making sure your feet are flat, you know, hips, you know, in line, whatever. And that's exactly it. Like your core, your trunk, your, you know, and yeah, you're going to get, you're going to go through a wind tunnel. You're going to get those solid storms, but let's talk about how amazing we are as humans, like as human beings, if you really think about all the crap, if we're talking about crap, like if you think about all the things that, again, going back to, you know, talking about a situation with, you know, my child, I'm sure you've had your situation with your kids as well, as well as the listeners, you know, they start having their own crap when they're, when they're younger, we as adults and parents have to use the tools and resources that we have to try to educate and teach them. Right. So if we don't have those tools and resources, how are we supposed to help our young ones? Yeah. And then they are our future. So yeah. it's like a, that whole domino effect. Right. But when you think about the little things that you've gone through, you talk about going back to childhood, you think about like, you know, if somebody's getting bullied or whatever, like that's either going to impact you severely or it's not right? Like if someone gets bullied or, you know, you have that overweight kid that's gets told that they're mean thing, you know, cause kids are mean. Um, right. but that could damage somebody forever and take that into their life. So you add that on, on top of like, then you go through the teenage years and then you go through the college years. And then it's like, you know, those different chapters of trying to figure yourself out. And I love that we as humans can constantly try to figure ourselves out and in redirect our map and redirect our journey in life, whatever that journey is, it doesn't have to be cancer. It doesn't have to be a, you know, any horrible thing, but it's just your journey in life. Right. Right. But to know that we've all gotten through our crap somehow, some way, yeah. the best way that we know how. Yeah. And yeah. let's go back to beginning of the conversation where we're talking about who are we to judge, right? Any of us, you know? Yeah. We go through our own crap the way we know how to, the way that is best suited for us at that moment in time. Right. You know, you, you having the mindfulness tools is fantastic, but not everybody has those. And I know that I personally, and I'm sure you get it as well, because we, we think and and talk alike, but I get so many people, you know, that'll call me or message me or text me be like, you know, oh my God, can so-and-so, you know, my friend just got diagnosed with cancer, you know, can they call me? Yes, absolutely. Call me, text me, whatever. Like, I want to make sure that I get right into your head and we will go through this together. You know, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm coaching you or whatever. Like, I just, let me just hold your hand and get through this, you know, and then they'll be like, well, how are you so positive? How are you so positive? I'm like, it's a choice. Yeah. It's, it's a choice, right? You know, you talked about going down the path of like, okay, let's go down this path of being mindfulness and being aware of like, okay, th- these things are happening for a reason. What do I need to remove or whatever? Or you can go down the dark path of like, well, what was me? Why did this happen to me and play the victim? And, and I, and I say that lightly, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, because realistically, so, some people 
have had a lot of crap. Like you just had a lot of crap going on. Right. And then you yeah. get the cancer diagnosis on top of it. And you're like, you know, you had a choice. You could have been like, Oh my God, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Well, you took that just as I did. It it's happening to me because I meant to do something with it. Just like exactly. you're meant to do something with it. Right. Exactly. So what is, and not, and that's not for everybody. There's some people listen, and I commend you and support you hundred percent. If you have your cancer diagnosis and you're like, you know what? I just want to walk away from once I'm done with treatment, I'm done. I don't want to talk about cancer. I don't want to talk to anybody that has cancer. Like, and you want to forget about it. That's totally fine. That's your coping mechanism. So be it. I support that. But sometimes if you can just dig deep and get, get mindful and get right into like, okay, let me assess my life. You know, let me look at things. Life is really not that bad. It's the circumstances that happen and how we handle them and deal with them. Yeah. Which is why the mindfulness and meditation is so, so, so important. Um, I can't wait to do the bonus session where we go through an actual meditation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we as humans are amazing. And I want all the listeners here to know that you listening right here, you might have crap going on in your life, but you are amazing. Like you are an amazing human being. You are listening to two additional amazing human beings who want the best for you. And like truly like wholeheartedly want the best for you and, and recognize that you are an amazing human being and just find out the ways to deal with your crap. That's all. And, and Farhana and I are both here for you if you need that. So, so you got your diagnosis in July through the pandemic, you lost your job, you went through a divorce, you're having to deal with grief and you're having to raise a son and homeschool. Like, hello. What, what do you feel like you're missing? <laughs> did you, did you feel like you're missing the cherry on the top there? <laughs> I've got so many cherries. I'm just like, I think we're overloaded with cherries now. I think we we're, we're done. We're done. This cake is baked, iced cherries on top. I think we're, we're good. We're, we're good. frozen. Yeah. We're, we're done. So, um, yeah. And it's just, um, like you said, it's, it's just, um, I think it's a story that you want to tell. And, you know, I consider myself a storyteller. And so I think to myself, whatever plots I have that make up that story, um, you know, how do I want to tell that story? You know, is it going to be worth listening to? Um, is it going to uplift, uplift people? Is it going to give them hope? Is it going to inspire them? Um, you know, I don't want to take away from the fact that bad stuff doesn't happen in life. Mm-hmm. But what I do want to bring into light is that there's possible things that can come of this that, w- that is just epic and just pure greatness, you know, because I want to live my life like that because you, you said it exactly right, Shannon. It is it can be very easy to go down a dark rabbit hole and to not come out. Um, And the thing is, I ask myself, I've been down that hole. Do I want to go there again? How does it make me feel? And the truth of the matter is times have gotten very, very um, challenging for me. And I think you have to ask yourself, with the darkness, you know, what do you want more? Um, Cause there could be a whole lot of crap and like maybe 0.5% of a glimmer of hope. And I'm not, I'm not weighing it in terms of quantity but how much more of the glimmer of hope do I really want to experience? Even though there's so little of it, I want to experience it much more than the dark hole. And so for me, even if it's just a speck of light I want to be and embrace that light as much as possible and expand it as much as possible. And that really comes with, um, you know, 
there's facts, you know, there's things going on in the world right now that, that are facts, you know, people um, are dying, there's job loss, um, uh, people are getting divorced, people are getting abused, all those are facts. But then when we expand out of the facts, there's a narrative, there's a story that we want to tell about it, right? And that's what I want to have control over because I don't have control over how many people die of COVID. You know, um, I don't have control of who's gonna survive, who's not. I don't have control over who's going to retain employment, who's gonna get fired. I don't have control over those things. What I do have control over is the narrative that I tell about it, is the story that I tell about it and what I do with it. You know, so the fact is you and I got diagnosed with cancer. That is a fact. Um, but the story that we want to create and the experience we want to create as a result of that is up to us. Absolutely. So, and, and, and that's why, you know, one of my favorite hashtags is that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Right. Cause I'm going to make sure that that story that I'm telling is an epic story. It's a fun story. It brings laughter to people. It brings happy tears to people. It brings inspiration to people. That's the story I want to continuously tell through the actual factual life experiences that I've had. Which is kind of ironic. Oh, I just got some echoing or reverb or something. Can you scooch back from your mic? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, which is kind of ironic and I'm not editing that out because I don't know how to. So there's that. It's my year of being imperfectly perfect. Um, which is kind of funny and ironic that you say that's my story and I'm sticking to it because we talk about the crap and how you just want to sweep it up. We don't want it to stick, <laughs> but yeah. that was a perfect segue into your story and how you're going to tell it because you, my friend are a published author. You want to touch on that real quick? Because I love the story that you told about, um, your son. I know your story is not about your cancer journey right now, because you're working on that as am I. Um, but let's talk about real quick about, um, your story, your, your published author, your book, your everything. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. It's pretty, you guys are going to love this. Yeah. So, um, I actually have two books that I have self-published. One was back in 2017 called doing and being, and it's uh, geared towards, uh, kids, but a lot of parents have come and said to me, I really needed to read this book. So that's awesome. Um, I think children's books, like every, Every person of all ages should just pick up a children's book and read it. There's much yes. to learn about it, right? <laughs> um, so Doing and Being came out in 2017 and it focused on, um, it focuses on the five senses and how to use the five senses intentionally to be present in the present moment. Um, cool story about that one is that I became super obsessed when I was, as I've continued to practice mindfulness of the present moment. And so I play a game with it. I truly believe that we're always at the right place at the right time. So mm -hmm. I believe that my spirit team, God, angels, whatever you want to call that spirit team of yours and myself, that book came through me. So the message came through me. And then I said to God, you know what? We wrote this great book together. You need to send me an illustrator because I suck at drawing. <laughs> and so I was at the a grocery store, just, you know, grocery store here in Dallas called Sprouts. I was buying a loaf of bread and I was in a lineup. And um, I was curious about why the cashier was my cashier and no other cashier at any other line. And so I have the gift of the gab, if you haven't noticed that already. Um, <laughs> I think we both do. 
right? But I said to God, I'm like, why is he the cashier? And God says, well, um, ask, you know? And so I get into this conversation with the cashier. I said, hi, what do you do outside of working at Sprouts? And he responds, I am an artist. Like you can't make this bleep up. That's the hashtag. <laughs> um, and so I connect with him on Facebook and long story short, said to him what the first drawing um, in the book would be a four-year-old boy called Charlie saying, hi, my name is Charlie. And um, the guy drew that and painted it with watercolor, texted me a picture of it. And I looked at my phone and I said, hi, Charlie. Um, the funniest part about it is he, so he ends up being the illustrator and I was buying bread that day and his last name is Baguette. True story. You can't make this bleep up. Hashtag. Um, the most recent book that um, came through was actually uh, fun. Um, it, after a late night movie, you know, it was weekend. My son, who's now nine years old, him and I had finished watching a movie and he goes to me, you know, um, mom, can you please tell me a story? And I was like, Ilian, it's like 1030. Can we go to bed now? And he's like, no, no, just please just make up a story. You don't have to read a book, just make it up. And I totally made up the story at like 1030 at night. It just flowed out of my mouth. Obviously I didn't do it. It was, it was sent through my big mouth. And uh, yeah, and um, it's a story about a caterpillar who lives in a beautiful field of sunflowers. And he's always bullied by the other insects telling him, how imperfect he is, how imperfect his body is. And so he decides to leave this beautiful field of sunflowers. And it's a story about, you know, self-love, self-discovery, um, growth and um, friendship and hope. And so it, it's beautiful. And um, yeah, and so that book is called Carlos the Lonely Caterpillar. And we've got just my illustrator and I have a few tweaks left to do. It's currently actually available as an ebook on, on Kindle. So you can purchase it, it's $2.99, but um, the actual hardcover book is going to be out, I hope within the next few weeks. So it'll be available in paperback and hardcover, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing that with the world. And I know y'all can't see this, but we can certainly tell you about this. I'll tell you last Sunday, um, Shannon, I was at a school meeting for my son and there was like a group of parents, you know, I was there by myself and I had to walk up to like couple parents and it was very awkward to break that, you know, break the ice and you're like the single mom and everybody else is couples and stuff. But as I was standing there, Shannon, I kid you not, true story. And I have a photo of it. You know, the listeners will have to just imagine this, but um, I feel something crawl on my foot. Now, if you ever have the chance to look at my feet, maybe when you and I are on the beach one day together, when I come visit you in Florida, I have a tattoo of a butterfly on my foot, on my right foot. And this thing was crawling on my left foot. Can I show you what it was? Oh my gosh. But I took the picture. It's a caterpillar. After, yes. After it crawled all the way up my leg and up my thigh. And yes. And so one of the moms like, I would be freaking out if that you was- say, no, this is Carlos. And that's exactly what I said. I was like, oh my God, it's Carlos. So. That's crazy. But listen, yes. I want you to tell the part about that book because what happened after you got done telling your story to your son that night? Oh, that part. So I'm done and I'm finally ready to, you know, you know let's go to bed now. And he turns around and he looks at me and he goes, mom. 
And I was like, yeah. And he goes, that's your next book. I love and it. And I looked at my kid and I was like, oh my God, you're right. So that actually, um, that storytelling happened like late 2019. And I started writing the book. And so I literally wrote it through, you know, the job loss and COVID and the cancer diagnosis. And so all of this stuff and all this creativity was just coming through, you know, and um, I used that time, you know, that downtime, emotional downtime, but also like worldly downtime um, to continue to create and not just stop. And so the ebook was uh, available actually right before Christmas, um, nice. of December, 2020. So yeah, that was a and accomplishment for sure. Uh, so that book is called Carlos, the lonely caterpillar that's on Amazon right now. It's on Amazon as an ebook. Yes. Okay. And, and what was the first book? Um, doing and being. And is that on Amazon as well? It is. And if you all are searching for my books, then I do not show up as Farhana Kassam. I show up as Farhana Surya Namaskar. So if, if y'all are yogis out there, you'll be very familiar with Surya Namaskar. It means sun salutation in Sanskrit. And Farhana, my name, Shannon, did I tell you this means happy? Aww. And so translated, it's happy sun salutation, Farhana Surya Namaskar. And that's my pen name. That's what I write under because it's just inspiration and just good love and all that happy, fun stuff. I love that. So, I'll put I'll put the links to your books um, in the show notes so people have that. Awesome. And and then also your pen name. You'll have to get that to me. Um, yeah. So that's amazing. So you've been through a load of crap since we're since that's our word of the day here, and we're gonna stick with it. Wink, wink. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> We're going to yeah. stick with that story. And yeah. you're pretty freaking resilient. That's all I have to say. You are an amazing woman. This is why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I really wanted other women or listeners to be inspired by you because you are awesome. You're amazing. I, I loved when we first connected, you know, you just, you know, you get those energies and those vibes from people. And, and I think that's when those things really stick. <laughs> so yes, um, your, if you, your vibe attracts your tribe, Shannon. It takes one to recognize the other. All of that that you see in me is a reflection of all of that that's in you, right? So we're just mirror reflections of each other. It's fun. And that's what I think makes, you know, the journey of life exciting. Like I always, I like I wake up every day excited. Like, who am I going to meet today? Like, whose life can I change? Like, I, to me, I find that exciting. My husband, on the other hand, says just because your eyes open does not mean your mouth needs to open. I'm like, more. <laughs> but... I get excited about that. Like if well, people, you know, you get asked that question, what gets you up in the morning? What gets you excited? Um, me like meeting new people. Like I love yeah. meeting new people. And then yeah. I love even more when someone says, Oh, I know so-and-so. Oh, we have mutual friends. I'm like, Oh my God, I love when my world collides. I love that. Like my husband's like, you're so weird. And I'm like, no, like for me, that like puts the universe in perspective for me. And yeah. it probably sounds like corny, but like, I love when like my world comes together. Like it's just a whole, like, you know, what was seven, six degrees of separation. Like, yeah it's so cool. And like, so if you combine that with thought process, that big vision, not just staying honed in on you, you know, as an individual, and then think about how amazing we are as humans. Like life is pretty freaking cool. Life is pretty amazing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think anyway, I I have to agree. I have to agree. So if you were going to give advice to somebody newly diagnosed, what would you say? And this, this might sound impossible, but I think that the story around, like, just when we hear the word cancer, I think that 
immediately, like instantaneously, there's like fear. It, Stigma. Imagine like if you if you're at your doctor's office, if you think about that first time, and I don't want to assume that everybody went through the same thing, but I think by and large, a lot of people would hear the word cancer and immediately you would feel it in your body. I mean, just because I have this mindset, it doesn't mean that I wasn't for a moment like, oh, wow, you know, it's come to this. And so just honoring kind of, I think, the day-to-day emotions. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be all low. I'm not going to say, you know, after listening to the, this podcast, you're going to be energized and be like, oh, what is cancer here to teach me? And this is for me and not right. to me. It's going, you're going to go through the emotions on a, on a moment-to-moment basis. And I think just honor it without judgment. For me, I think being, you know, we, we attach to like, the, if we're like attached to a coach title or whatever, it doesn't free us from the challenging emotions. You know, we're not freed by that. We, we're, we don't have a superpower. It's not like we always feel like the high, high energy, the high emotions, and we don't feel the low. That's far from the truth. Right. Um, but I think it's w- what our superpower is, is that we hold space for whatever it is whenever it is without judgment. So, you know, for for people who've just been diagnosed, I would just say, allow yourself to experience cancer with curiosity. Um, There's a lot of things that you might find yourself researching that you wouldn't otherwise be researching. And there's a ton of information out there and so many resourceful people. I would say be as open as possible because at the right place, at the right time, with with your openness, you will bring the right people into your life who have gone through the experience and will have the knowledge at base to share with you. And it will be like a gift because it will almost be effortless. I, I mean, in my personal experience, it's just be open. You know, I've been able to explore a lot of complementary alternative stuff. You know, I'm not doing the radiation route, for instance. I'm not doing the, the hormone therapy route. I'm not saying that you all shouldn't. I'm just saying that is my journey and that's what feels right for me. But the alternative options have literally come to my doorstep, like literally. And that's a story for another time and place, but literally to my doorstep in terms of, you know, acupuncture. I, I hadn't thought that was going to be helpful or, you know, but you know, it, it came to me and it's helped those, you know, the, the, the lymph node surgery and removal of 11, for instance, um, and how my arm feels like it's brand new. And I heard like the most horrifying stories of how long those sensations were going to last and how discomfort, uh, how the discomfort would just stay for a really long time. That's not, that's not my experience of it at all. But I think I've just been very open and curious as I've continuously been about life in general. Um, and that's the way to be, especially when you feel like you are going to, it's going to break you. It's not It's going to make you if you, if you just keep open. So I would just say, be open, be curious and have as much fun as you can. Right. And, 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 and be open so you can tell a really epic story about it. That's know? right. Cause you are your author of your own story. And I, I reiterate that over and over again. And you know, whether you're the conductor of your ship or, you know, the conductor of your train, you're whatever you're, you're in charge and don't let anybody else's feelings, opinions, and judgments change that. Um, and if you need people that are in your wheelhouse and in your space, like Farhana and I, like we are here, like we are here, we'll be your people. You can reach us. You can reach out to us. 
Um, so if someone wanted to reach out to you to um, have you as their mindfulness meditation coach, how would they do that? The best way to contact me, honestly, is through Facebook. So um, we will share again. It's under my pen name for Hana Surya Namaskar. So we can share all of that information. So yep. Facebook is the best. Um, I um, also I'm on Instagram. So Instagram is a great way as well to connect with me. And um, so, yeah, my, my thing is social media. I guess it's just that, you know, I'm still a Facebook person. I guess it's it's our age, right? Right. You know? um, <laughs> I actually like Instagram better. It's easier. Yeah. Yeah. And, and recently just Instagram has really been active, um, through clubhouse and stuff like that. So which is how we met. Yay. Exactly. Which is how we met. So yeah. And find me, we're, we're going to be doing, I'm going to be doing a bunch of, um, uh, rooms with Shannon and the other powerful ladies that we I've come to meet. And so yeah, Facebook, Instagram and, and clubhouse. Perfect. Well, I'm definitely going to put in the show notes, the links to your books so people can get your books, download those, and also your contact information as well as your pen name. So people can look you up. Your story has been so amazing. I always love hearing it. It never gets old. I always get new little nuggets from you. So I appreciate that. Um, I, I appreciate you being vulnerable to share your story and share it with others. I love that we have the same mindset. I love that we're mindful with it. Um, We are going to hop off here and do a bonus session for you guys, which I will let you know where that's going to be after we get done recording it. But um, she's going to walk us through a five minute, right? Meditation. Yeah. 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 Just so you can kind of uh, get a glimpse as to, you know, what her work is and how amazing she is. And you know what? Sometimes if you're just sitting in the car, if you're sitting on the couch at the beach, at the pool, taking a walk. Sometimes just that five minutes is all you need to change your life, change your outlook, your perspective. And we're going to be blessed to be able to have that done by you. Yeah. Awesome. Is there any last minute words that you would love to share with the listeners? No, just keep being you and, and there's magic everywhere. So get super curious and just notice it. There's presence in the present moment. Everybody, thank you and stay blessed and make it a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this week's episode has somehow changed your life with a smile. As a reminder, I have a few spots open for our founding members of only $20 a month, and that goes up to $27 next. So I would love to be able to help you on your journey, transform your life, um, help you with your mindset, exercise, nutrition, sleep, support, community. I'm here for you, and I'd love for you to join join me. I don't care where you are. I don't know. I don't care if you're not even diagnosed and we can work on preventing cancer with all of those tips, tools, and resources, or if you're newly diagnosed or just, you know, on your way to recovery, I'm here for you. So if you're looking for guidance through your breast cancer journey or to prevent it, you know where to find me, head on over to shannonbros.com and join our private Facebook group, download any of my free resources, or simply just to connect until next week, live well, laugh often, and love much.